Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Connie, your host from the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast, and I am sure glad you're here. Today, we're going to continue talking about trials and suffering. We're almost done with this. We'll be wrapping up in the next week or so. Thanks for hanging tough with me. I hope you've enjoyed this series. Today, we're going to talk about trials and suffering being our blessing. And I know that sounds a little bit contradictory, um, When you think of pain and suffering, it's definitely not. The first thing that comes to your mind is definitely not, oh, that's a blessing. That's a joy. That's something that I, you know, get something out of. But in all reality, when we stop and we think about it, we really get the most out of trials and suffering in our life, whether that's used for good or bad in our spiritual life. So you always have one or the other. I kind of look at it like if if trials don't bring you closer to Jesus, they'll take you further away because that middle ground really doesn't apply when you're talking about spiritual things. That middle ground always leads to falling away from Jesus. If we're not actively being brought towards Jesus or being turned you know, to him or being conformed to his image, we're falling away. Why is that? Because everything builds upon itself. So anger doesn't just stay that one little tiny seed of anger, it grows. Doubt doesn't just stay that one tiny little seed of doubt, it grows. Everything in our life, whether for good or bad, grows. And I would like to pose the thought that the most important moments, the most important things, the most important good things or even sins, and I'm not saying sins are important, but I'm saying important in the sense of the most um, fundamental and foundational are the small things. So the small things over time create either a really solid foundation or a really rocky foundation. And so when we're thinking about trials and suffering being a blessing, this is definitely not always in the sense of feeling or in the sense of this is fun. I enjoy this. No, it's in the spiritual sense. It's in the character building sense. It's in the finding the Lord sense. Trials and suffering are are blessing because they bring us face to face with Jesus. They have the opportunity to do that. Because again, if we don't give in to the suffering and the trial, or we don't know Jesus, those things They don't have to bring us closer to him. They don't have to bring us face to face with Jesus. And if we're not saved, they don't because Jesus isn't in the equation for us. But for believers that are suffering and going through trials, 
your trials and suffering are a blessing. And they're a blessing because they, point one, bring us or have the opportunity to bring us face to face with Jesus. If you want to get really intimate with Jesus really quick, be put in in an impossible situation because that's where you're going to find access to the Lord that in other circumstances isn't really available. Why is that? Well, I think it's partly to do with there's something almost spiritual, supernatural about what trials and suffering do. And the first thing that strikes me is it brings a quick end to ourself. When we're pressed up against the corner or the wall and we have nowhere to go and we realize that everything is falling apart around us and we're really not in control of anything, this whole year with COVID, this past year, would be a very good kind of place to start. Lots of people trusted in their jobs, in their money, in their ability, in their security there. And as government shut down and businesses went out and success dwindled, uh, people realized that they're not in control of their finances. They're not in control of their health. And that really brought an end to this self-sufficiency and this I can do it on my own mentality, which even the strongest of believers can struggle with. So suffering brings us to the end of ourself. That's a blessing. Why is that a blessing? Because when we're living life and we're doing it in our own power, and our own strength, and our own will, even just a little bit, again, it doesn't stay that little bit. We can think that we're following Jesus with all our heart, and really we're doing a lot of good actions, but we're doing it for us. We're doing a lot of good actions that aren't necessarily what the Lord wants, and our heart is doing it for us because we can This is our strength. This is what we're good at. This is what we enjoy. When trials pull that carpet out from underneath you, so you really get to come up face-to-face with your humanity, your your fallibleness, your sinfulness, your weakness, your uh, not being capable, you know, those those things are good to come face-to-face with because we live in denial so much of the time where, You know, maybe even we're giving God a a good part of our life, but we're not giving them the most important part because unless we face the fire of opposition, we don't give those things away naturally. And sometimes we don't even know how. But suffering and trials brings us to that point where we can come face to face with Jesus, we come to the end of ourselves, and we can see ourselves for who we truly are. Suffering and trials puts a spotlight on your weakness. It really shows up very clearly. Why is that a blessing? Because the whole reason life is hard is because we're walking around in this sin-ridden body with this battle going on in our flesh and our spirit. And everything is just in this constant tug of war and this constant fight. And so when we can actually see ourselves in light of who we really are and all of our flaws and all of our weakness, then that gives us the hope and the motivation and the ability to see the all-covering power of the grace of God. We don't need it so much when we're strong and powerful and financially stable and healthy. 
know, we come to the end of ourselves and we can really see ourselves for who we are when trials and suffering comes. And you've heard it said, there's, you know, like the A meetings and they say that, you know, accepting that you have a problem is the biggest step. Well, I think that there's some truth to that. But a lot of us believers or non-believers, we don't think we have a problem. And if we do think we have a problem at surface level, like I'm anxious or I'm this, when really suffering and trials brings out, I feel like God owes me something or I'm angry or I'm jealous or I'm bitter. It brings out all of these things. So then when they're brought out, they start to lose their power and we can begin to heal from them. So that's a blessing. So it gives us divine eyesight. So trials and suffering bring you face to face with Jesus. They bring you to the end of yourself. They show you who you really are. And they give you divine eyesight, divine vision. Trials bring wisdom and clarity to the questions that we have in life. So there are always, when I'm, before I go into a trial or before I'm in something really long and stupid and difficult, I have spiritual questions. I have things about God that I can't work out. Like, One thing was, for the longest time, and I use this story very frequently because it was really powerful, all the work that's been done in my life because of the loss of my children and infertility. But one thing that I had to wrestle out with the Lord, and I didn't know how to do that for a long time, it was actually till I faced the several years of being, you know, in between my miscarriages and getting pregnant just this season of barrenness. And in the barrenness was the unknown if there would ever be any growth or life in this desert. And I remember just this thought of, so what if you don't give me any more living children? What am I going to do? And of course, I'm not saying what am I going to do like I have some control, but I'm talking in the sense of, What am I going to do with my faith? Because right now, when this was happening, I wasn't in a place where I could reconcile that to myself. I knew the head answer, God's always good. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I didn't know how to make it real for myself. And it was in that season of suffering, the season of the unknown, the season of barrenness that I began to sense this whole way of of looking at what God chooses to do and doesn't choose to do as I don't have to defend my faith to my own disbelief. And if I don't have to defend my faith to my own disbelief, then I don't have to defend it to anyone. And then that went on to become the sense that God isn't good because I get things. God isn't good because I 
eventually overcome. I eventually get to that quote unquote promised land. God is good just because he's good. And so this whole wide world of acceptance, acceptance for the place of grief, acceptance for the place of not knowing, and acceptance for the place that I didn't have to figure it out. But the difference was, is that all became real to me. It became truth. And when did it become truth? Well, it never would have become truth if I just got pregnant. That would have been, in my opinion, the worst thing that the Lord could have done because my story would have stopped there. And the only thing I would have ever been able to say about God, which would have been no help to anyone, but in fact a stumbling block, would be, I suffered, but I prayed enough, and God finally gave me what I was praying for. So it must have been something I did. And if you do that too, then God will give you what you want, which is a total lie from the pits of hell. And my focus was on the thing that I wanted more than anything else, which at that moment was a baby. And yes, God did give me a child. And he did give me this pregnancy now that I'm in, and I don't know how it will go. But in between that period, there was three losses, traumatic losses. There was unprecedented pain and grief. And it stretched out over a span of years. But it was in that season that I began to grow a sense of steel in my spine that just knew. You don't have to defend God to your own disbelief. And it's not anything that you do or don't do that gets you stuff. That's not the purpose. But it became real to me. It became real that I could actually trust God and that I didn't have to understand to trust God. We oftentimes think that we have to understand something to be able to put a backing to our faith, but that season in the wilderness taught me you don't have to defend God or have a reason for his faithfulness because he is just faithful. Without that season of suffering and trial and heartache, I would be shallow. A piece of who I'm really supposed to be would be missing. None of this stuff is easy to live by. I find myself failing over and over and over again every time I fall into a new situation of, of trial and suffering, which I know it's hard to believe I'm constantly in them. Like I keep, I'm literally one of those people that has to stop entertaining the thought, Lord, I, I thought that I had done enough. Like, you know, when's it going to be my time? I'm constantly catching myself. And um, as my mom would say, I need to patent the automatic butt kicker and wear it constantly to constantly give myself a kick in the pants because it's easy to fall back in that mindset of, Trials are stupid. I don't deserve this. This shouldn't be happening. Why would you let this happen, God? Instead of working to become 
closer to Jesus and transformed in Jesus and through Jesus and just to let these times be precious kind of closet seasons of getting to be held in the presence of God because if you're in a trial and you're right with the Lord then that verse in Exodus 32 I think that says be still for the Lord your God will fight for you all you need to do is be still and be silent when you're in the trials and the suffering and you're right with the Lord you don't have to work so hard it's kind of like you just you just hang on you do what he asks you to do but there's not a lot of of trying to work things out because you realize I can't do it only you can and the thing is is no you can't always live by these truths it, it, this is not a magic formula to make suffering feel better and it's not a magic formula to fix your suffering to make it less painful it's a practical way to live in truth to deny your flesh and to find the hope that you feel like deserts you in the wilderness And that's the thing, when you fall down, when you give in to the lies, when you give in to the depression and the despondency, this hope is just waiting for you to pick it back up. And Jesus is waiting for you to turn and to look into his face. And you may have to do that every minute of the day, for weeks or months or even years. It's not fun, but it's possible. And the more that you do it, the more that it becomes a part of you, just like the more that you doubt, the more that you get angry, the more that you think negative thoughts and allow your mind to spiral, then the easier that is to happen. This isn't impossible. It's hard. It's hard to create new pathways, but the spiritual and the physical are tied together. Making new pathways in your brain is physical by building new habits and coping mechanisms and disciplines. But it's spiritual in the sense that that physical change, that physical discipline will transcend into all aspects of your life. And so I would encourage you that if you are weak, to realize that that's when you're the strongest because you are finally out of the way. And God can really move and work in your life. He wants to empower you. He doesn't want to take you out necessarily of your discomfort and pain. He wants to prove himself faithful to you in it. Your doubts and your fears and your anger are okay with God. He's not shocked by them. He's not mad at them. He's not frustrated with you. He's not thinking, why can't you get it right? He just wants you to bring all of that in honesty to him. He wants to hold your emotions Hold your fears, hold your anger, and hold you while he remolds you and remakes you into the man or woman that he created you to be. There is nothing that you can go through that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Your believing that it isn't real doesn't change it. Your believing that God has forsaken you doesn't mean that he has. And at any time, you can come back to the truth. And you can be encouraged by the truth, regardless of your circumstances. 
Your battle is not too big for the Lord. We hear these things all the time. Let that be real for you. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. You are the apple of God's eye. You are on his mind. He is fighting for you and working for you. Stop resisting. Stop choosing your own way. Stop demanding your answer to the questions that you have be answered and the needs that you have be met in the specific way that you desire them to be. Give in to Jesus. Let that painful thud take place of truly giving yourself over to the God of the universe. He is worthy to be trusted. He will take your little and he will do a lot with it. You are going to be okay. And if you don't know Jesus, the sad reality is none of this is available to you. This podcast just tells you all of these things you're missing out on. But the good news is you can get to know Jesus. He can be the savior of your life. If you believe in him, and ask him for eternal life. He will gladly come into your heart, and all of this will be available for you. It's not by works that man is saved, lest any boast. It's nothing that you've done or haven't done. It's not any sin that you've done is too big. It's just the acceptance of the gift of God. If you don't know Jesus and you want to know him, There isn't some special prayer. Just say what's on your heart. It can be as simple as, Lord, I believe, save me. Truly, friend, we put so much in the efforts of man and in faith is faith. It's belief. It's belief in that which isn't seen. And if you believe and you ask, he's there and he loves you. And if you're going through something, remember the words of this podcast. There is no situation that you are in that is not riddled with the hope of Jesus Christ. I know riddled is kind of a a negative word, but if you put it in a positive connotation, it's like you're smeared in the presence and the power and the provision of Jesus and you can't escape it. Give in to that tonight. Let your worries go even if just for a few hours and sleep. And if you're in the daytime, give in to this hope that you have in Jesus and face your day with courage. Friends, I love you. You're so important to me. I pray for you and I really think over this podcast and it's just a joy to be invited into your life. Reach out if you have any questions about your faith and be sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment to this podcast. Let me know any topics you'd like to hear about or any questions, and you never know, you might be the next star of the show. I'll be praying for you, and I look forward to hearing from you, and I will talk to you next time. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.